Chemo Chair Prayers is a podcast for anyone who's heard the words, it's cancer. Having lost both my mum and sister to cancer, I was diagnosed. And despite being determined to survive, it wasn't all that long until surviving was all I was doing, living a life I'd neither planned nor signed up for. Over time, I discovered that with God, life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full. And I learned how to thrive, not just survive, right in the midst of my cancer. If you're struggling to keep fear and worry at bay, to trust God no matter what, or simply need a little faith boost and to feel God's arms around you so you can journey on with strength, peace, trust, and yes, even joy, you're in the right place. So take a seat, grab your cup of tea, let your shoulders relax, and allow me to lead you in a short story and a prayer using our guided prayer practice with the acronym TRUST, followed by a simple, practical invitation for the days ahead. Welcome to this week's episode, but before we dive in, I want to tell you about an exciting event I'm hosting in the coming weeks, because I'm assuming that given you're listening to a podcast called Chemo Chair Prayers, that your life and faith, or maybe the life and faith of someone you love dearly, has been shaken by cancer. No matter who it is, hearing the words, it's cancer, rocks our world. And if you're anything like me, your faith as well. It didn't take long for me to be struggling and asking questions like, are you mad at me, God? Have I done something to deserve this? And I thought you were good, but this doesn't feel good. And how can I trust you anymore? That's why I'm so excited to tell you more about the Trusting God Through Cancer Virtual Summit. If you're new to summits, it's simply an online conference or online retreat that you can be part of from the comfort of your own home. You don't even have to get out of your pyjamas if you don't want to. The Trusting God Through Cancer Summit is for you if your faith and trust in God has been shaken by cancer. And our goal is to help you rebuild your faith in God, conquer your fears, wrestle with doubts and questions, and be encouraged and inspired by people who've been there. We want to help you thrive, not just survive, with hope, strength, peace, confidence, and like I said, even joy, no matter what. Doesn't that just sound great? And did I mention it's totally free? And you can save your seat now at trustinggodthroughcancer.com. It's just two days starting March 24th. And myself, along with eight to 10 other speakers, are sharing how we found ways to trust God and thrive through our cancer diagnoses. You'll learn how to not let cancer steal your joy. You'll learn how to fast from sugar and pray for healing, about finding the rest you need and finally getting untired, about facing illness as a family, about breaking out of survival mode, about trusting God when it feels like he's let you down, and all about wrestling with your doubts and your questions. And like I said, it's totally free. There's so much more I'd love to tell you about the Trusting God Through Cancer Summit, but why not hop over to trustinggodthroughcancer.com, check out the details and save your free seat. See you there. Hello and welcome to Chemo Chair Prayers. Let me ask you a question. Would you describe yourself as a type A person or 
a type B person? Type A or type B? Because here's the thing, our world seems to love to categorize us, to put us in boxes, to give us a title. You know, there's the Enneagram, Strength Finders, Myers-Briggs, Type A, Type B. You name it, it's been categorized. So let me ask you again, are you Type A or Type B? You know, the typical Type A person is the person who never goes anywhere without a list, a checkbox, or a plan and a strategy. They've got their day planned out, they've got their weeks and their months and their quarters planned out, and they know how their life is going to go. And if you're one of those people, you're probably taking notes right this minute. But then maybe you're more Type B, who's never in a rush and wouldn't know anxiety if it came at them at 100 miles an hour in a runaway train. So which are you, A or B? You know, I have always had my type B tendencies. I'm quite happy to go with the flow and just go where life takes me. But recently, I've been thinking about being more intentional and more strategic. After having cancer and going through treatment, and as I've worked to write and to blog and to podcast and to help others going through the same thing, I have learned more and more and been struck by the power of being strategic. You may well have heard me tell the story of my husband and I learning to scuba dive on our honeymoon. It was drummed into us that we needed to plan the dive and then dive the plan. It made total sense and it was for our safety and our security, but it was a challenge for me and my type B tendencies. I just wanted to dive and see where the dive took me. But more and more, I am realizing how important it is to be strategic. And not just in my diving, which I haven't dived for years, unfortunately, but in every part of my life, especially my faith, and even more so in how I deal with the things that come up time and time again, the fear, the doubt, the overwhelm. I need to be strategic. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I was so struck this week when my hubby, Al, showed me an article from the Stanford University Medicine website. He doesn't normally read these kind of websites. It just came up in his newsfeed. But it talked about hope as a strategy for cancer. And those words really got my attention. As the article's authors, an Ernest Rosenbaum a doctor, and David Spiegel, also a doctor, made it clear. Hope has long since been a proven method and strategy to make the difference to those suffering through any kind of difficulty. And they conclude like this in the article. They say, hope is what keeps us alive to fight another day, a month, a year, and to return to better health. And I was like, oh my goodness, yes, that is exactly what we want. In our spirits, deep down, we all know that. Hope is the key. And yet, it is so fragile. In the depths of treatment, when you're tired, hope seems to wane. When the pain is seemingly too much to bear, hoping almost seems like a daydream. When the prognosis is bleak, hope can seem like a dead end. And as if cancer isn't bad enough, when we're robbed of hope, those are the most bitter moments. As you probably know, my diagnosis came hot on the heels of losing both my mum and my sister. 
My sister Joe died just six weeks before I was diagnosed at age just 43. And as you can imagine, it didn't take much for hope to start to drain out of me faster than it takes for me to say, chin up. All too often, hope dwindled and life felt helpless for me. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're struggling and you're feeling hopeless right now. So this article got me thinking, what if we could be strategic about hope? In the same way, I've started taking some time on a Sunday to plan the meals for the week and be intentional rather than waiting for the last minute to, you know, open the fridge and be stumped as to what to cook because there's half a lettuce leaf and a moldy tomato and half a bag of beans. No, I need to be intentional And what if we could be intentional and plan ahead of time to be able to walk in hope? So when those times come, when hope has drained out of us, when we're staring a difficult situation in the face and we just can't summon up any hope, we're covered. And we're not staring at our situation in the face, feeling hopeless with no idea how to pull ourselves out of it. What if we could do this and hope never left our side? And I want to tell you that yes, we can. And that's exactly why this article caught my attention. So today I am diving into how we can make hope our strategy, no matter what cancer throws our way. As Christians, hope is one of the things God has given us, which simply cannot be taken away. It's meant to be immovable, unshifting and the rock on which we stand. And as the font of all wisdom and guru of all knowledge said and I'm talking about President Snow here from the Hunger Games film, he so famously said, hope, it's the only thing stronger than fear. A little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous. And that's what I want for us. That's what I want for you, my friend. I want you to have dangerous hope in God. Jeremiah 29.11 says, as we know so well, that God has plans to prosper us, plans for good and not for evil, plans to give us hope and a future. I just love this verse, but it does have the reputation of being trotted out as a bit of a platitude to people who are going through a rough time. I don't know about you, but it definitely wasn't a scripture that I wanted to hear as I left the chemo ward. The truth is, hope can be hard to lay hold of in the midst of the darkness, and it can simply slip out of our grasp. But we need to remember this verse was spoken by God through Jeremiah to the people of Israel, not when life was good and happy and skippy or all rainbows and butterflies, but when it was hard, really hard. The people of Israel were in captivity, suffering under the Babylonians and couldn't see a time when they wouldn't be. Their hope was draining out of them. They couldn't see a way forward and they were spiraling into hopelessness. They couldn't see a way forward. Sound familiar? And it's into this nightmare situation that God says he has plans for them. He talks to the Israelites and says, guys, I have plans for you and they are good. My plan is to give you hope and a future. At this point, you'd understand if the Israelites were a little bit sceptical. They looked around them and life was really, really hard. And it's not until we read on that we see the strategy that God lays out for how they can lay hold of that hope and that future. 
And as we read the Bible, we see story after story after story of people going through hard times and God laying out a strategy, a strategy to lay hold of hope and the future plans he has for them. For the Israelites, it meant stop hunkering down and waiting for the future. It meant start living in the present. Listen to this. This is what he says in verses five through seven. He says to the Israelites, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in numbers there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. He's saying, living life right now. Your strategy for finding my hope and future plans for you is to stop waiting and to start living right now. For Daniel, who faced being thrown in the lion's den if he didn't stop praying. What did he do? What was his strategy? He prayed. And why do you think he did that? Not because he had a crafty escape route out the back door, or an invisible cloak, or better sword skills. Prayer and hope was his strategy. Same for Moses as he stood on the banks of the Red Sea with the Egyptian army bearing down and all the people of Israel panicking and blaming him for leading them out of Egypt. Moses didn't panic. Why? Not because he had a better army, not because he had gold to negotiate or captives that he could hold ransom. No, hope in God was his strategy. And the same is true of Jesus. As he knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane and felt the sheer terror of what was to come, the full weight of sin on his shoulders... He could have run, he could have called down an army of angels, he could have done a miracle, but he didn't because hope was his strategy. And like I said, I had many times when life felt hopeless and it's so easy to spiral. But the times that I took to look back to God's faithfulness and choose to trust him no matter what, hope rose. Hope filled me up. And as I often say, trusting God doesn't just happen the moment we meet Jesus. It's a daily choice as we face the world head on. It's simultaneously a letting go of what we think will make everything better and holding on to the promise that with him, everything is better. And the more I realized it wasn't about me and what I could do, but about him and what he could do, hope rose. Choosing to trust was my hope strategy. So today I want to give you some strategies for hope. Maybe you've got an inkling of what causes hope to rise inside you. And that is great. Use it, do it, lean into it. But if you've been around here for a while, you know that I am a massive fan of making things super practical and memorable. So let's think about hope using hope as an acronym. Starting with the H, hope rises when we trust that God hears us and sees us. That's the H, that God hears us. And that was Daniel's confidence. He knew that God would hear his prayers. And God hears you and he sees you and he knows you. He knows what you're going through. And this is the basis of hope. Secondly, 
The O. God is our offensive line. One of the most extraordinary verses in the Bible is Exodus 14:14. Moses says to the people of Israel, "Just be still and the Lord will fight for you." Moses knew that God was his offensive line, their offensive line, and that was his strategy for hope. Now on to the P of hope. Our hope rises when we know his plans are best, even if we can't see them. And this is what the Israelites had to learn. They couldn't see what was ahead. They wanted out of Babylon and they wanted out now. But God's plans for them were so much better. And finally, E, hope rises when we know that he equips us for the battle ahead. We have all we need in him for the journey ahead. You have all you need for your journey through cancer. Philippians 4:13 can sound like a cliche, but it's true. Christ strengthens you and equips you, and you really can do all things through him who strengthens you. So let's make hope our strategy. Trusting he hears us and sees us. He's our offensive line. His plans are best. and he equips us with all we need for the journey ahead. Now let's take a moment to pray using our simple guided prayer format that uses yes, another acronym, trust. And I want to encourage you as I always do to make it your own. Pause the audio so that you can pray a little bit longer and a little bit deeper in between each section. Maybe that's the time you take to journal or simply sit in the Lord's loving arms. If you haven't got your trust prayer bookmark yet with the prayer format written out on it that you can keep in your Bible or your journal, you can do that now or later over at chemochairprayers.com. And just as a reminder, our trust prayer format stands for thanking him for who he is and what he's done, resting in his love, unburdening our hearts surrendering our hopes fears and needs and lastly taking him at his word so let's pray together let's thank him for who he is and what he's done lord i thank you that you are a god who fights for us you fight for and with your people and your children you are a god of hope even in the midst of the most hopeless times you know what it is to feel pain and you know what it's like to cry out to your father for help lord i thank you that you understand and i thank you that you see us and you hear us that you're our offensive line you're a god whose plans are always good and better than ours ever could be And Lord, I thank you that you equip us with everything that we need to find hope in the journey ahead. Let me invite you to take a moment to thank God for who he is and what he's done in your life and in your cancer journey. Next, let's rest in his love. Simply take a moment to rest in the truth of who he is thinking back to all the things you've just thanked him for let them become real and part of your core and your being 
Imagine his hope rising and filling you as you do, resting in that place and embracing the hope within him. Now let's unburden our hearts, simply telling him our fears and our needs. Oh Lord, it's easy to lose hope. There are test results, blood work, pain. There's the unknown future. It's all so daunting, Lord. Life can so easily feel hopeless. Lord, we're afraid and we're not sure how to move forward. Sometimes it feels like hope is slipping away. Can I invite you to take a moment to unburden your heart to God? Tell him everything that you're dealing with, everything that you're afraid of, that you're worried about, that you're confused about, that you are doubting. Leave it all with him. Tell it all to him. You can cry out to him from that deepest place within you. Now, let's surrender our hopes, fears, and needs, leaving it all with him. Lord, our hope is that you build and grow hope within us. Lord, we leave the hopelessness with you and we pick up hope that you have given us. We leave behind and surrender the mind talk and the doubt and the confusion and the fear that says it's hopeless and we embrace the strategies of hope that you have given us. And lastly, let's take him at his word. Lord, in the midst of all this, we choose to believe you. We choose to believe the plans that you have for us are to give us hope and a future and that your plans are good and your will is perfect. Lord, we trust you're with us. We trust you see us and you are fighting for us. Lord, we believe you've equipped us for anything that comes our way. Even when we feel so badly prepared and like we haven't got what it takes. Thank you that with you, we do. And we have hope as a strategy. Now take a moment to tell God how you are going to take him at his word right now. As always, I like to give you a practical exercise that you can make your own right now and in the week ahead. I'm all about listening, but it's all about doing it as well. Plan to trust, trust the plan, and we should probably add do the plan. So here's something you can do. Why not write out the HOPE strategy, the HOPE acronym, and put it with your trust bookmark? Write it on the back maybe. And when you find yourself spiraling into hopelessness, take it out and remind yourself of the steps. Read them, recite them, remember them, live them. Let hope be your strategy for dealing with your cancer journey, my friends. And remember, life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full, so let's go live it. You've been listening to Chemo Chair Prayers with me, Nikki Hardy. And I always say that thriving is a team sport, 
So I'd love to know how you're doing and how this simple spiritual exercise and our trust prayer were for you. You can always find me and leave a comment on the Chemo Chair Prayers website, chemochairprayers.com. And that's also where you can download a copy of your own trust-guided prayer format bookmark. If you've enjoyed Chemo Chair Prayers, please recommend it to a friend, your cancer support group, or maybe forward it to your pastoral care team who might be looking for resources for those with cancer. And then why not hit subscribe and leave a five-star review? Not only will that ensure that you get the next episode when it airs, but your review will mean that others journeying through cancer will be able to find chemo chair prayers more easily. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.